from the TieCats Audio Network, this is Speaking with the Enemy. Control of second place in the topsy-turvy CFL East Division is at stake this afternoon as the Tiger Cats and Alouettes prepare to battle at Percival Molson Stadium. This is the Tiger Cats pregame presented by Journey Rewards on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. I'm Bubba O'Neill alongside Mike Daly. Time for our Speaking with the Enemy segment presented by Red Tag. Get sun-kissed in paradise with redtag.ca. Spend your day under the sun and swimming in the deep blue sea with incredible vacation deals on last-minute getaways and more. Book your dream vacation today at redtag.ca. Folks, he is the voice of the Alouettes on TSN 690. Please to welcome Sean Campbell to the broadcast. How you guys doing? Let's do this again. Just a couple weeks ago and then... In a couple more weeks, you know, division rivals for a reason. Let's tight cast Alouette. Sean, there's a real good buzz for this contest. I'm sensing it all the way from the province of Quebec, and certainly much has been generated by your owner. Alouette's owner, Gary Stern, is all over Twitter. He's doing a lot of talking. i got to ask you, before we even get into the game, what is this guy really like? Uh, exactly like the Twitter account. That's exactly <laughs> what he's like. It's just him talking. Uh, he's just... He's really invested in the team. One, invested financially, but he really wants to grow the game. He really wants this game to be a lot, um, you know, stronger. He wants to get more fans in the stadium. He knows as an owner, he needs, you know, butts in the seats, and that's what they're going for. And he's a, a big personality that's coming through. I think my favorite tweet this week was when he just randomly tried to tweet Celine Dion to try and get people to come to the game. Uh, I was like, this guy is amazing. He's like, does anybody know how to tag Celine Dion on Twitter? Because if she could ask people to come, people will come. Well, it's funny, too, Sean. It's funny because, you know, do you see the the Montreal fans and how they're supporting this team? Does it change with what's being said with Gary? Like, is there... Do you see a buzz around it? Do people enjoy it? Or is it kind of like, hey, man, you're the you're the owner. Let's just watch the team on the field. Do you see much of a difference? Uh, I don't know if there's anybody that doesn't enjoy this. Right. Now, you have to take Twitter for what it is. And I know everybody has a different, you know, understanding of how to use Twitter and what they use it for. But in my perspective of Twitter, Twitter's for fun and for interaction. And that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, so I don't see how there's really any negative. I never put any stock into anybody's guarantees. I think guarantees are great <laughs> when you're they're great when you're right, and if you're wrong, no one cares. That's just kind of the way it is, and I think he understands that too. So I, I don't think anybody's like, oh, you're the owner, please shut up. Not in a league like this. In a league like this, I think that you need as much advertising and uh, enough. Uh, on social media, uh, you want people talking about it as much as you can because, you know, your record's three and six and uh, expectations were a lot higher. Expectations were high for the owner. So uh, I think you just have to take it. Like if you were in a different league, maybe it's like, hey, you're the owner. Shut up. But not in the <laughs> CFL. I think I think I think we need a lot like this. I think we need a lot more like this, too. Sean, I got to hit you with one more sort of off the football field question. There's been all kinds of conversation. I think there's been a, a team investigation regarding the fans with those horns at Percival Molson Stadium. Is this fact or is this fiction? I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's fiction. Uh, <laughs> I I know people within the Alouettes. They love that people were upset about it because again, they know that people were talking about it. But let's let me let me just tell you uh you know we have 
our broadcast and we're right there. Uh, it didn't affect our broadcast. It didn't affect the RDS broadcast. This was a TSN issue. This wasn't an Alouette's issue. TSN set up their microphone next to the air horn guy. They could could have made the adjustments after, and I'm sure they're going to make their adjustments, but I know the Alouettes have been asking people to bring air horns today. Uh, So there might be more, and this is going to be the biggest crowd they're going to have in a couple years, over 20,000. They're very close uh, to a sellout. This place holds 23,000. We know it's not the largest building. It's very quaint. It's beautiful up on the mountain. So I expect a awesome crowd at Percival Molson Stadium. But on the air horn, I think the Alouettes are embracing it. And I will tell you, I know that across Canada, people were really annoyed. It really wasn't a Montreal issue. It was more of a TSN television issue. Interesting, interesting, Sean. Because, yeah, I absolutely see that happening. Somebody out there with homemade air horns just handing them out before the game to make sure that there's a little more noise. I, I, think, it, I think that's happening. I think, I think that is. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And absolutely, sh- it should too, right? But listen, moving on to the football field now. With this Montreal team, you know what I mean? And I feel like it's kind of like us on the Ticat side as you look at it and you say, okay, what is the strength? Because when I'm looking at the Montreal team, it's how are you guys staying in games? How are we beating – how are you guys beating Winnipeg? in overtime, right? What what makes this Montreal team good and what, what is its kind of Achilles heel? Because from the outside-in perspective, it's really, really hard to tell. Yeah, I would say early on the season, one of the reasons why they, you know, they lost a couple games by just one point and the reason they were in games was their special teams. They've had great return game from, uh, I know that they had Alford, then they he got hurt and then they traded him away. Chandler Worthy with the two kick returns. Tyson Philpott, the rookie, has looked great on the returns. Their, their kick coverage has been solid uh, besides that one return in uh, that game against Winnipeg at home. But other than that, they've been solid. The kicking game, besides that one missed field goal against uh, Toronto has been solid. So their special teams held them up. But if you get to the Winnipeg game, it was the defense. The defense is the reason why they're in games and competitive right now. Noel Thorpe has really changed things defensively. Their scheme is different. It took them a couple weeks to try and figure it out. But it looks like the last few weeks, the Owls defense, when they needed a turnover, they got the turnover. They got that big uh, sack fumble from West Sutton last week that really changed the tide. Uh, for the Alouettes in the fourth quarter because the Bombers were about to go up two scores. But it's, to me, it's their strength of their defense. Their offense, just too inconsistent. Haven't had a game where you go, ah, the offense is taking control of the game. They owned it. Haven't had a game like that just yet. Well, you had that offense in the second half in the game here at Tim Hortons Field where the Alouettes and Tiger Cats were, they were humming in the second half. Uh, and we're one pass away, and unfortunately a backup quarterback pass away from maybe forcing overtime. Um, I don't know, is revenge a thing here? Uh, did that game stay in the minds of the Alouette players going into tonight's game? Yeah, I think maybe a little bit, but, you know, the Owls also understood they were 21 yards away from getting a touchdown, an extra point just to force overtime. Doesn't mean you're going to win anything, right? You still had to make that play, and, it, and that was such a tough spot to put Dominic Davis in. And uh, we understand the the spotter. It just the whole situation was kind of a little bit out of whack. And the Owls, they they, they dealt with it with the league as best they could. Uh, but you know, I, I think they realize that there's been so many missed opportunities for them. They had that game in Toronto. They lost by one point with the Edmonton Elks. 
just these little missed opportunities, game in and game out, and have them sitting at a three and six record. But their last two games against the Bombers, where they were competitive for three and then fell apart in the fourth quarter and then beat them in overtime last week, I think it really changed the mindset of the Owls, realizing that they can compete with anybody. And uh, I, I'm expecting the Ticats to get the best version of the Alouettes this season today. Yeah, and I wanted to go back because you mentioned Tyson Philpot, And, you know, personally watching this kid, it is incredible what he's doing. Number one in the return game. You don't really see these, you know, young Canadian receivers get back there in the return game and do as well as he is. And then number two, when he's gotten in on offense, he's shown some pretty explosive abilities. It, just tell me, you know, what is the Montreal fan base and yourself thinking when they look at this kid and his ceiling is so high? Yeah, I think their ceiling is thinking that he could be a dynamic Canadian receiver that can be, uh, you know, on every down receiver. He's not there yet. He's not actually in the starting lineup. He does have a couple packages that he gets in, and they do use him. And they did, their plan wasn't to use him as a returner because there were two games, one with Mario Alford, another one uh, with Chandler Worthy, where he got hurt. And then there was one with Warren Newman. They brought him for the practice roster, and he got hurt. So each time they had to go, hey, Tyson, can you return some kicks? To the point where he started as returner last week. So it was kind of, they just kind of fell into that. And now Chandler Worthy's back today, but there's two returners. We'll see what they do in that game. But yeah, he, I think that the uh, Alice fans in this organization excited for a young Canadian uh, receiver that could, in a year, maybe by the end of this year, be an every down uh, receiver because uh, he has been really, really... Uh, good this year for the Owls. Last one for you here, Sean. Uh, I mean, as Ticat fans and broadcaster, uh, we're fearing the Jake Wenicky explosion. I mean, nearly 900 yards receiving last year, 261 halfway through 2022. What's going on there? Yeah, he was hurt at the beginning of the year. So he came out of training camp with an injury. He started the season, and then he had to sit out a game. Uh, so he kind of, it was a slow growth for him. Uh, they brought in Reggie White Jr. The last year, and he's kind of taken away some of those catches. Last game against Winnipeg, he looked more like the Jake Winnicky. That big catch into the uh, 20-yard line and uh, getting the first down on second. So I think that that's exactly what they needed. So uh, they needed him on second down conversions. He was their leading receiver last week. I, I think you're right. It might be a big game for Jake Winnicky today. Well, from TSN 690, he is Sean Campbell. Have an outstanding call for today's game. I'm loving the energy and, uh, and, and the expertise that you're bringing with us. Uh, i got to say to you, Oski Wee Wee, and thanks for joining us on uh, Speaking with the Enemy, presented by Red Tag. No problem. I keep saying, what does that even mean? <laughs> we'll never tell you, Sean. We'll never tell you. you got to live in the Golden Horseshoe <laughs> to know that there, my friend. Have a good one. All right.